Hey, folks, welcome back. Hey, you've, chances are you've heard of house hacking. And today's special guest, Ryan Dick, zooming in all the way from beautiful Welland, Ontario, has done that not once, but twice, moving into what he's currently focusing on with real estate investing, which is looking south of the border. So from house hacking to international investor, Ryan Dick, welcome to the call. Great to meet you. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Great to meet you as well. All right, Ryan. So tell me a little bit about your real estate journey. What got you inspired and sparked and started in house hacking? For sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I kind of got interested in real estate investing um, just through like kind of reading some books at, you know, after college was just kind of, you know, being a bum bartending and playing some golf and, uh, you know, got to reading a little bit and kind of thought that real estate was, a, you know, kind of a good pathway to kind of go down. And was, uh, was, you know, was a purple book, one of those books that you read that kind of got you going? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's read that purple book. Yep. Got it. Everybody's, uh, everybody's read Mr. Kiyosaki's. Yeah, that's uh -huh. true. Um, so yeah, that was kind of how I got into it was a little, was interested in it, ended up, um, actually getting an opportunity to become a realtor and, uh, kind of got into that, saved a little <laughs> bit of my, you know, my first checks for a kind of initial down payment. And uh, had no idea what I was doing, and uh, basically bought uh, bought my first place. Um, well, so. it's it's funny how that works, isn't it, Ryan? So many, so many people I've talked to said, "Well, hey, I want to learn about real estate investing, so I'll go get my real estate license, and they'll be teaching me all sorts of stuff about how to be good a real good real estate investor," which is not the case. It's it's they're very good at teaching you how to help people buy and sell houses. But the investment side of things is sorely lacking in my understanding. Would you agree with that? Yeah, for sure. I would say 100%. I think there's like one course that's an elective that you can take called uh, real estate investing, but uh, basically just tells you how to calculate cash flow. So not exactly <laughs> uh, super extensive there. <laughs> All right. So, but my bottom line is hey, smart, you read some books, you got a little bit of basic education, you decided to get into the business as a realtor. It sounds like you got off to a pretty good start. You got a few few commissions along the way fairly quickly, saved up for a down payment. So then what went from from like the way most people think about it, okay, I'll buy my house and live in it, to I'll buy my house and get it to pay me. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it kind of came mostly out of necessity. Um, um it was one of those things where, you know, I kind of had the idea that, oh, we, you know, create a basement apartment, help us with, uh, with some extra additional income. Yeah. And we bought our house and about a month later, COVID hit. Um, uh. Like, so we were like, oh my gosh, what the heck are we going to do? We had a little bit of time. So we ended up uh, renovating the main floor first and making that, you know, kind of rent ready. There was already a kitchen and a bathroom in the basement, but it was by no means finished. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, we finished the upstairs, got that rented out kind of literally out of necessity so that we could start paying the bills. And uh, we kind of lived in the basement for a little bit until we saved up enough to be able to uh, move upstairs and finish the basement so that we could actually rent it out to, to somebody else. Who's, who's we? Uh, me and my, uh, my, my common-law spouse, my girlfriend. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Very good. Yeah. Okay. So you did that. And then it sounds like you did it again. Is that true? Or are you talking about doing that in the same house? Yeah, no. So then we basically did that. Obviously, during COVID, housing prices down here in Niagara 
went booming crazy. So, uh, plus the value. So, that we so business was good, right? Yeah, business well, was good. Started to pick up, and then also uh, the house that we bought appreciated a lot during that time period as well. So we were able to refinance that, pull out some capital, um, basically turn that into a full rental. So renting upstairs and downstairs, and then we went and bought uh, our next place uh, where we currently live, and um, we turned similar thing. We turned that into a duplex, and now somebody. Uh, living below us there to help us uh, pay the mortgage and all that fun stuff. So beautiful, smart, smart, smart. All right. So where did your real estate investing journey take you from there? You got proof of concept with the first property that was chugging along. Great real estate markets were going crazy. So that was good for your realtor business. Plus it bumped up the value of your home, created a bunch of equity there. So you took that, you bought your second property now what 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 came after that i think i think you ended up doing a joint venture or something like that is that correct yeah so actually in between the two of those um i had uh, some clients of mine who were you know interested in buying a place and as the market was kind of going up they basically got priced out um so they were really interested in it they you know went on vacation for about six months came back and we're like oh my gosh we're we're now priced out of the market um so they kind of just threw it out to me like hey would you be interested in partnering with us um, you know, kind of thing, me being the active partner, um, but also putting in a little bit of capital and, uh, they were from out of town. I was local. It was very close to where I currently was. And, uh, yeah, so kind of went, partnered up with them. We bought a duplex, which we converted as well. So again, kind of had that little experience of doing one conversion before getting into this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we converted that, rented that out and, uh, that's rocking and rolling and, and no complaints with that one as well. So and, is it, uh, is so, yeah. it was started off as a duplex. Now it's a fourplex or was it half? No, it, it was a, yeah, no, it was, a, it was just a single family home, just brick bungalow. And okay. then uh, just added, you know, a two bedroom basement apartment. You turned it into a duplex. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Very cool. And then that's been, that's been working nicely. And it sounds like now you're starting to look South of the border. So um, talk to me a little bit about that and why you've decided to go South. Yeah, that was another one of those things that was kind of interesting how it all comes about. Um, as we were, you know, bought our bought our last what house we currently live in, you know, we were planning again on, you we know, kind of doing something similar um, where we finished this one and went and bought another one up here in Canada. But as prices continued to climb, we too were kind of getting priced out of the market a little bit, yeah. um, but also had some, you know, kind of capital we wanted to invest in real estate seemed like it was kind of a good way to go. So uh, honestly, one night I was playing poker with my buddy and we uh, just kind of half jokingly said, you know, we should, these housing prices are crazy here. You know, we should buy a place in Niagara Falls, New York, which is, you know, just 30 minutes from us. Right. Ended up doing a little bit of research and uh, decided that a shrinking population and uh, a high percentage of people, you know, under the poverty line, wasn't exactly a market we wanted to uh, invest into, but it kind of spurred the idea of, Oh, let's explore some things a little bit south of the border. Cause again, us living about a half hour from the border, it seemed, uh, seemed pretty reasonable. I mean, a lot of the clients that I help down here are from Toronto, so they're two hours away. So for us mm-hmm. to, you know, just go across the other side of the border, it looked really good. So we looked at a few different places, but ended up uh, basically settling on Cleveland, Ohio. The, uh, the rental laws there are very landlord friendly, especially coming from Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very pro landlord. And then, you know, population basically pretty stagnant, not, not really growing, but not really shrinking. Whereas a lot of the Northern states are shrinking. So that was actually a big positive just to be flatlined. Right. Um, and then, you know, housing prices had been going up there a little bit, especially in the area we bought in with some university and uh, university type uh, students kind of coming in from the medical side. So that was kind of bringing housing prices up in that area as well. So what did you buy? 
Uh, we ended up just buying like a single family home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got a single family home in a nice neighborhood. Uh, needed a little bit of, you know, kind of cleaning up and fixing up a little bit, but nothing too crazy. So that allowed us to kind of gain some gain some network of contractors as well. So be able to have a handyman and stuff like that for when right. everything was rented out. And uh, yeah, we bought a, bought a single family home for 130, put about 20 grand into it. And uh, about 150 about all in. Yep. Yeah, 150 all in and brings in about 1600 now. So it's, uh, Very it's nice. pretty awesome. So are you renting out as just a regular unfurnished long-term single family home rental or by the room or what, what are you doing? Yeah, just, just so again, just kind of being the first one on there wanted to do something that seemed pretty simple. So I thought yeah. single family rental would kind of be the, uh, the best option there. So that's what we did. We yeah. definitely explored um, some Airbnbs and looking at some different kind of options there, which is interesting, but wasn't really what we wanted to do for the first one. Yeah. Um, again, just wanted to kind of get our feet wet get something stable, get it running. And then, uh, you know, once you have a little bit of a network. Yeah, exactly. All right. So a couple of questions for you. So what, um, what have been some of your big learning experiences doing this first deal down in the States? Yeah. Um, a few, (laughs) too many to say, but I would say probably the big ones were, um, you know, getting a bank account down there and setting up the whole structure. Um, we ended up doing it, you know, basically having a, a Canadian corporation own an American corporation. Um, and then that corporation would go there, but still being able so, to so like the sort three-tier that structure type idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and then still getting a bank account is a little bit tricky unless you, you kind of need a bank here because you need to have a, we don't have an address there yet. Right. Right. Um, until you buy a property. So most banks want you to have a physical address in the area prior to, you know, giving you even a bank account. Right. So, so how did you get around that? Tricky. Uh, there's a couple banks that basically have branches in Canada and the U S so you pretty much have to use one of those. took us a little, a long time to figure that out, but once yeah. you figure it out, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, it just some, somebody didn't tell us that. So is it what, one of those Canadian own. banks that has U S it's actually, it's actually M and T bank, but yeah, you could use it with like a TD or an RBC or something like that. But, um, M and T has a branch in Toronto and they're really big in the Buffalo area. So, uh, okay. it was pretty easy for us to do it that way. But as far as you understand, you you might have been able to do it with like TD or something like that as well. That has yeah, T, I believe TD and RBC we could have done it with as well. Okay, um, all right. So, so, so there's yeah. options. There's options. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So yeah, getting everything structured, all of that kind of good stuff. Getting the bank set up. Now for financing, did you go in and pay all cash for that, or were you able to get some bank financing for that property? Yeah. So that one, um, we ended up going in and buying that one in cash. Okay. And then with the objective of basically having that corporation build some credit and then being able to pull that money out so that we can kind of continue to scale down the road. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So what do you, so at this point, we're beginning of August, 2023. How long ago was it that you purchased that property? Uh, October 20th, 2022. So, okay. So you're uh, about eight, a year. nine months, 10 months in now kind of thing. Okay. How long do you think you have to wait before you'll be able to refinance that down there? We were told anywhere from one to two years. Um, okay. We're kind of in that. We're going to wait till we file our first tax return and then kind of start poking around once we've got, you know, a little bit there yeah. uh, and kind of see how that works. Expectations, two years. But obviously, if we can get it done faster, that that's even of better. Course. Right? So. That'd be awesome. So if you don't mind sharing, Ryan, about how much did it cost altogether to get all of the corporate stuff set up to do this deal in the bank account and 
just to get people yeah, ballpark figured. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't really too crazy. I mean, I already had um, one corp, like I already had the Canadian corp, so I didn't have to start any of that. You know, if you had to, that might add an extra, you know, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred bucks or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for the U.S. stuff, I mean, it was probably three thousand Canadian by the time we're oh, all said and done. Maybe yeah. thirty five hundred. Yeah, like a few grand. It was pretty reasonable. Obviously, if we're going to do just one might not make the most sense, but if you're going to continue to scale, it's in the grand scheme of things, it's not too big of a deal. Right. And you're partnered up with this friend of yours, your poker buddy. Mm. <laughs> so did you both put the the capital in for this deal? Is that you kind of going in 50, 50 or how's that work? Yeah. Yeah. We went in 50, 50 kind of divided the responsibilities. He's a commercial banker. So he's got some background on the, uh, the financing and accounting uh-huh. type side and uh, me having some, you know, uh, past experience managing trades and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, both kind of divide and conquered and yeah, worked out well. Nice. Now you already had the the corporation from the get go. How's that working bringing uh, a partner on board? Is he bought into that corporation? Is he a shareholder in that Canadian corporation? So yeah, what so basically, I had one set up from the joint venture that I did in Canada, um, mm-hmm. just like a holding company, essentially. And so he started his own holding company in Canada. And then our two holding companies created, um, it's not called a holding company, but it's basically a holding company in yeah. uh, in the US there. So right. yeah. All right. So each, that's, that's good. So you've each got your Canadian corporation, which you, each one owns 50% of that. Um, yeah. What is that? Um, C Corp or, or whatever it is yeah. in the, in the yeah. States. And then it owns the LLC, which owns the, the property uh, at the end, if, if I'm not mistaken, is that kind of how That's that works? Correct. Got exactly. it. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for, thanks for walking me through that. Now, 150 grand all in, you're doing about $1,600 a month, ca- uh, you know, uh, rent on that property. That's pretty good. So what do you, what do you anticipate you know, once you do get it refinanced, do you think you're going to be able to pull out 80%, 70%? What's your best I guess? I think probably going to be probably going to be closer to 70, 75%. Like yeah. if we got 75, I think we'd be clicking our heels together. Um, yeah. yeah, the expectation somewhere around 70, just based on what we've talked about, you know, one being the fact that it's it's corporate too, that there was not a lot of history there, probably going to be, right. have to have a little bit more equity in the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also nice. I mean, Again, the idea going down there was to produce something that was going to have a higher cash flow than something up here in Canada is obviously things are getting much more squeezed here. Um, so the idea was to kind of balance that out with a bit more of a high cash flow property down there. So we Excellent. were not even too, too worried about, you know, if it's 70, that's fine. So what, what are the plans moving ahead, Ryan, now that you've got your feet wet down in the States and you're seeing good results from that um, over the next 12 to 24 months, if you could wave that realistic magic wand, what would you like to see happen? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to be able to refinance that property in the States and definitely continue to, uh, to continue to roll that capital and uh, see if we can, you know, kind of build that portfolio there, um, you know, slowly on the the Canadian side, definitely watching that, especially if rates have climbed here. Uh, I think there could be some good opportunities going forward as things kind of settle a little bit more in. Yeah. Uh, so kind of watching both sides. I mean, ideally, uh, you know, in 24 months, if we could get one on each side, that would be, uh, that'd be really awesome. So. Yeah. So moving ahead, are you planning to just kind of keep partnering with this current joint venture partner or kind of doing your own thing or a combination of both? What, what are your thoughts there? 
Um, yeah, I think, you know, for, for the state stuff, I think him and I have got a pretty, pretty good plan to kind of just keep, keep what we've got rolling there. And as long as it'll, uh, it'll keep rolling forward, we'll probably keep working with that. Um, I have, uh, been talking with a couple other people who are interested in, in going down to the U S and, you know, have some questions about that. So, yeah. you know, maybe a bit of a smaller partnership there, smaller percentage is the active partner, a little bit less capital in might be, uh, might be something that we're interested in. Well, so. I tell you what, my friend, I, I wouldn't limit yourself because now that you've got proof of concept, there's no reason why you cannot bring on Canadian joint venture partners who put up 100% of the capital required to do the deal. Yeah. And you keep 50% ownership of that property. People are doing mm. that all day long, day in, day out. It doesn't have to be a, you know, for smaller deals like this, if the if the cash flow warrants it, if it if it makes sense financially, people are are happy to do that because, you know, as you're aware, a lot of Canadians aren't getting that great of a return on their money. A lot mm. of Canadians have a ton of money locked up in home equity or not doing much in GICs or floundering around in mutual funds. If you showed them a way that they could take a hundred or one hundred fifty thousand dollars, well, especially if you're going to refinance in a year or two, if they could take their hundred and fifty grand, buy a house with you in the states, get seventy five percent of that money back out of it in the next two years, hold on to that property in perpetuity, not have to worry about it because you're doing all the work with it, and be getting a nice little cash flow from that property all day long. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think you got, I think you got lots of opportunities there. So I, of course, keep doing what you're doing, but you don't need to limit yourself to just recycling your own money to do these deals. Right. Especially if, mm -hmm. if you and your partner are each putting in 50% of the money and sharing 50% of the equity, why not bring other people on as other joint venture partners who put up a hundred percent of the money and you bring the team and the expertise and the knowledge and you share the equity of those folks. It might not, might not work as well if there's, if it's a three-way split, but a two-way split would definitely work well. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely something I've been rolling into the mind. So <laughs> good. You've been thinking about that already. Excellent, Ryan. Well, Hey, congratulations on, on what you've accomplished. Uh, congratulations on taking that, gutsy move to explore south of the border and that going going from a poker game and a couple of beers to to reality uh that is wonderful and then the plan for moving ahead if people would like to connect with you and find out more about what you're up to what should they do uh yeah probably easiest way is to reach out me through uh probably through my instagram uh ryan dick realty uh, or at Ryan Dick Realty, um, anything through there. I've got some my real estate stuff as well as the investing stuff on there. Um, so, you know, get through there, send me a, a message or uh, shoot me an email at uh, rdyck23 at gmail. Um, either way, uh, yeah, I'd be happy to chat with somebody if you've got any, uh, any questions about, about what's going on. Awesome. Ryan, thanks so much. It's been a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. All right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode.